Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally, not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. This is Dr. Dan. Freedom Forum Radio is for you, faithful listeners, no matter who you voted for or what political party you belong to. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is not about politics. It's about principle. It's not about candidates. It's about conscience and the Constitution. Like the name implies, this is a program about freedom, individual freedom, your freedom, where it comes from, what it means to you, and most importantly, how to hang on to it. You're listening to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. This is part two of his very special interview with Publius Hulda. So let me get something straight. So what you're telling me is 13 states got together and created a federal governmental entity. One of the branches of that federal government entity was the judiciary, the Supreme Court. And what you're saying is somehow the Supreme Court has decided that it can judge the rest of that created entity in spite of what the Constitution says. Is that pretty much what's happened? Um, The Supreme Court no longer pays any attention to the Constitution. They just do what they want. They're really just another political body, since uh, in order to get on the Supreme Court, you have to really have the same political agenda as who is ever controlling the Senate. Isn't that right? That is correct. Well, well, the president. Uh, the, the Republicans will confirm anybody. Right. But nevertheless, when you look at some of the history of what the Supreme Court has done, aren't they complicit uh, Aren't they complicit in allowing this progressive agenda to proceed with, you know, cases like Wickard versus Filburn and Social Security and all those which are clearly unconstitutional? But nevertheless, look at the decisions that they made. Right. Uh, Those decisions are clearly unconstitutional. Uh, Social Security, totally unconstitutional, is outside the scope of the enumerated powers. But uh, by the time uh, Social Security was... um, um, declared constitutional, I think those decisions were in 1933, um, the Supreme Court had already gone over to the dark side. So, they were completely controlled by progressives, and it's been that way ever since. So realistically, if you allow the Supreme Court to make those decisions about constitutionality, you're basically allowing the fox in the hen house, are you not? That is precisely correct, and that is why 
um, in James Madison's report on a report to the Virginia legislature in 1800, his report on nullification, he talked at length about the state's power to nullify unconstitutional federal laws, and he specifically said that the states have as much right to judge the Supreme Court as they do the acts of the executive branch and the legislative branch. And in the Federalist Papers, Madison and Hamilton warned about federal courts conniving with the legislative branches or the executive branch to subvert the Constitution. That is why Alexander Hamilton said in Federalist Paper Number 16, next to the last paragraph, that the people are the natural guardians of the Constitution. Our framers expected us, the people, to be so on top of what's in the Constitution that when anybody veered from it, we could rise up in protest. But, Dr. Dan, the people refuse to read the Constitution and the Declaration. And this is simple stuff. It is simple stuff, and, and what's so amazing about it is that the Constitution was about four handwritten pages. Yes. That's all it was, because they were dealing with basic principles of individual freedom and how to secure the natural law rights that God gives to each one of us. Yes. Anybody with an eighth-grade education ought to be able to understand it. Well, isn't it a failure that this is not taught in our schools? Well, it's been a long time. Uh, I, I remember uh, even when I started in school, I, I was already uh, subjected to the progressive agenda. And, and that, that was a long time ago. Um, well, it's, you know, these, these are issues. This is how we got there. I mean, we know what the Constitution says. It is not, like you said, it is not difficult to read. It is pretty straightforward and pretty plain. And and most importantly, if you are bothered to read any of the historical documents of the time, the writings of the framers, and you know what I found to be most instructive is if you read the debates in the individual states about ratification, they had no intention of having another monarch in Washington, D.C. That was about the furthest thing from their mind. That's right. And look where we ended up. I know. So what else would you like to tell us about how the Constitution was ratified and, and what it means so we can then go ahead and get into the, the rest of our extremely important discussion? Well, um, uh, basically, to just to wind it up, uh, for over 100 years, everybody in federal and state government, all the people we elect, have been ignoring the Constitution. This unconstitutional spending has been going on for a hundred years. The states have been bribed with federal funds. All of those reserve powers, the states sold them to the federal government. For example, let's look at education. 
the Bible says that parents are to educate their own children. Well, Jimmy Carter, uh, with Jimmy Carter, we got the Federal Department of Education. They started coming up with screwy programs such as Race to the Top and now Common Core, and the states have accepted these programs and implemented these programs in exchange for federal funds. The states sold the parents' retained natural right to educate their own children to the federal government for federal grant money. And these convention of states people tell us the states will protect us from the feds. Rubbish. We have to take a quick commercial break here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. More with Publius Hulda right after this. You know, uh, you really hit on one of the very most important points here is that what we're seeing now is all money-driven. Yes. And the progressive agenda is basically about buying votes by giving people stuff. That is correct. And I hate to say, you know, the people uh, were bought too. Social Security, Medicare... Totally unconstitutional. Student loans, all these, you know, grants for my business and, you know, the the subsidies the farmers get and the subsidies you get to start up a small business. All that stuff is unconstitutional. The American people sold out for money, security. Ultimately, our country is collapsing because the people became morally corrupt. They wanted free stuff. They wanted other people to be forced to pay their living expenses. Isn't that I don't want to pay my medical bills. You pay it. Well, isn't Medicare. That, isn't that what happened in Rome? Was they were collapsing as well? Um, you know, I, I don't know about um, you know the, the economics of Rome, but Oh, I, uh, maybe it was a welfare state. I'm sorry to say I'm not as well-educated as Alexander Hamilton and James Madison. I'm in awe of what they wrote in the Federalist Papers, their vast knowledge of the intricacies of ancient uh, cultures, such as Rome and Greece. Well, we know that they studied those cultures and their styles oh, yes. of government in order to write the Constitution. And they were a brilliant people, every single yes. one of them. One other thing before we leave the Constitution, which I think is extremely important, and that is a discussion of natural law rights, God-given rights that are supposed to be protected and secured by the Constitution. Yes. Now, I I hope I won't cry. This makes me so sad. Um, um, The Declaration of Independence, I mean, it really does make me cry that this, this brings tears the Declaration of Independence that the second paragraph said that the purpose of civil government is to secure the rights God gave us. Rights come from God, and the purpose of civil government is to secure those rights. And that is what our Constitution was designed to do. The federal government is to secure our right to life by the military protecting us from pirates, traitors, and to secure our borders. 
It is to secure our God-given property rights by establishing an honest money system, honest weights and measures, patents and copyrights to, to protect intellectual property rights, and bankruptcy law. The limited and enumerated powers secure our God-given right to be left alone. And then the Fifth through the Eighth Amendments secure our God-given rights to a fair trial. So those are basically all of the rights which the federal government was established to secure. Our other rights, such as um, our right to life, is, are to be secured by our states. So the states, for example, prosecute murderers, ban abortions, euthanasia, and the like. So really, the important point about natural law rights to me is that they impose no obligation on another person. Oh, you are absolutely right. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, what the modern-day federal government has come up with is the concept of anti-rights. If I say, well, I have a right to medical care, and I have a right to a free public school education, if I have a right to those things, who pays for it? Well, you're going to pay for it. So money is taken from you to pay my medical care and my free education. So I don't have a right to medical care, a right to education, a right to Social Security, uh, to, uh, to be freed from the risks and challenges of life. When the federal government provides those things, they have to take the God-given rights away from somebody else. So that's why our federal constitution was set up basically to protect other people from taking our rights away from us. Well, that's really the essence of the welfare state, isn't it? Is yes, that the government? The essence... Yeah, the government is saying to recipients... They're saying, you have the right to food, you have the right to a place to live, you have all these rights, and unfortunately none of those people pay for it, so they have to come and get the money from the provider class, which is the people right. who are working, and through taxation. Uh, and that's, and so instead and of... boring. Right. And so instead of natural law rights being operant, we have these manufactured rights, manufactured by the government who takes money from one class in order to purchase the votes of another. Right. They're man-made anti-rights. Exactly right. I couldn't have said it better. So what else about the Constitution uh, before we move on to the Convention of States? Well, the saddest thing is the people don't have the faintest idea of what the Declaration of Independence and Constitution say because they never troubled themselves to read them. And because they never bothered to read them, that is how we got to where we are today. I asked some people who have been in this patriot movement from the beginning, I asked them to name, name four of the enumerated powers of Congress. 
one of them scratched her head and said, uh, uh, make laws? See? See? I, I, nearly, I nearly cried. So we have a constitution that is pretty much thrown in the trash. Yes. Uh, the, and it's so simple. And the people and the states are the ones who should have been protecting the Constitution because that's the way the whole system was set up. Yes. So now comes before us a group of people who say the solution to this problem is to have a convention of states to write amendments to the Constitution. What do you say to that? I say that for a hundred years, all of our elected state and federal officials have been ignoring the Constitution. To say they have been violating their oaths, ignoring the Constitution, to say that they will obey, um, that all we have to do is amend the Constitution and they'll obey the amended Constitution is ridiculous. But that's their argument. So their argument is, okay, for the last hundred years, the the federal government uh, has completely trashed the Constitution, has gone around the corners of the Constitution in every way it could possibly can. And so if we make a few changes in the Constitution, magically Congress and the and the Supreme Court and the executive branch will all of a sudden be transformed into a constitutional law-abiding uh, oath-keeping people. Right. Is that is that yes. basically what's what's going on? That's what they say. Oh, they they say that uh, the Constitution is is difficult, and and uh, the people in the federal government are confused about what some of the things mean. And so we need amendments to clarify it. And so... Well, I never found a single sentence in the Constitution that I couldn't find out exactly what it meant in 15 minutes. I remember the first time, and I'm ashamed to say this was many years after I graduated from law school, I wanted to know what the original intent of the Interstate Commerce Clause was. I looked in my copy of the Federalist Papers, and within five minutes, I found Federalist Paper number 22 and 42, which were in Madison and Alexander Hamilton, told me exactly what the original uh, intent of the Interstate Commerce Clause was. Basically, it was to prohibit the states from imposing taxes and tolls on articles of commerce as they were transported through the states for purposes of buying and selling. For example, if I grow peanuts in Georgia and send them up to Massachusetts to a peanut factory, peanut butter factory, all the states in between cannot impose a toll on my peanuts. That was the original intent of the Interstate Commerce Clause. It took me five minutes to figure it out. So what is hard in the Constitution? Nothing. And that concludes part two of this interview with Publius Hulda. Make sure you tune in next week on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum for part three. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property. 
that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom.